Hello, I'm Erin Bremer-Wright, and thank you for joining me for the Strength and Vulnerability Podcast, an inspiring, motivational, and positive show that highlights the awesome things women are contributing to the world through the lens of vulnerability. Vulnerability is often seen as a weakness, but it actually takes great strength to allow oneself to be vulnerable and go for what you want in life. So join me as I chat with women who found their strength and vulnerability. Thank you so much for joining. Today my guest is Melody Bowman. Melody is currently getting her PhD in neuroscience at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. Melody, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being here. So Melody is currently working with um, this organization that she helped create. Um, It's called Wisdom, Women in Science Development, Outreach, and Mentorship. Now, Melody, I want to ask you, first of all, why did you start this program um, in your school? And let's go from there. So the reason why uh, me and a couple other grad students started this program was because we felt like there was a need for support for us as women scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in the field in general, there's it's very male-dominated. There's mostly men in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is in the graduate school level, there's actually more women than there are men. Oh, okay. So we wanted to have an organization where we could come together, we can support each other, and we can also mm-hmm. talk about the issues that we face and what may be barriers to having us, once we graduate, become faculty members and get these positions that the men are most like, mostly getting. Interesting. So there's more women in your program, yet there's more men as faculty members. Yes. And this is a conversation that we have all the time. And even when uh, females come and interview for a faculty position, Mm -hmm. they always have the graduate students have lunch with them. Mm -hmm. And every time this is a a topic of conversation that comes up. And we're always trying to figure out why, what it is that's potentially having women decide not to pursue a faculty position. because with a PhD, there's many things that you can do aside from becoming faculty and working in academia. So maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's the men who are already in those positions aren't hiring women as much. We don't know what end of the spectrum it's coming from. If it's the women making the decision mm-hmm. not to go or if it's they're just not getting hired. So where does, where does wisdom fit in all of this as you're looking at the lack of women mentorship within that? you know, faculty members. So this way we have peer mentorship. Okay. Um, So I'm lucky enough to actually have a female mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, I sought her out on purpose. That's the entire reason why I ended up at this school was because Mm -hmm. I wanted to work with her and I wanted her to be my mentor. Um, But again, with there mostly being men, not everybody is as lucky as I ended up being. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have a safe place where we can talk about anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Any issues that arise in lab, any issues that come up with faculty in general from coursework. Um, and also at our meetings, it's there's no faculty present. So it's only mm-hmm. students. That way we make sure that it is a safe space where we can openly talk and discuss what's going on. And then get advice from our peers as well. And this is within Wisdom? This is within the organization that you help start? I see. Yes. So... Can you talk a little bit more about some of the networking that you guys are doing and how so for instance like if there was another woman out there who saw a lack of men in a career she's in and she wanted to start her own organization to start getting women together and 
form relationships and mentorships and really inspire and motivate women, you know, to, to continue right. to do this field and right. not feel like they are, you know, on their own, essentially. Right. How do you even start to go about this, right? Like grants and talking to the dean and... Yeah, so... Um... The way we, so outreach, which is part of our name, that's what the O stands for, and wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what we do now is we actually do a lot of stuff in the community, Mm -hmm. working with undergrads all the way down to elementary school children, just to start getting their interest in science. And the big thing too, is for them to know what a scientist looks like. Because when you think of what a scientist looks oh. like, you usually think of someone that looks like Einstein. Yeah. Some white or male. Or Bill Nye, the science right. guy. Yeah. Right. But usually yeah. a white male. Yeah. And also typically an older white male. Yeah. So we also want our face to be, no, we're young people. We look like everybody else. There's yeah. no look of a scientist. Like right. we look like everybody. Right, right. Um, and we also do have men as mm-hmm. part of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I have to say that as well. Wonderful. <laughs> because it's just an organization to support women in science. Yeah. It's not only for women in science. Right. We are very inclusive. Yeah. Um, so, but we also want to go and, I mean, we're very new. We've been around for two years now two full years Mm -hmm. um so we want to have potentially have chapters on other campuses Mm -hmm. um and grow that way so we can start reaching out to other people um the way that we sustain wisdom like what you're mentioning grants Mm -hmm. is we do have a faculty mentor now who is wonderful Mm -hmm. and she's actually looking to submit a grant and put wisdom as part of it so we can get government funding to be able to continue our outreach and to encourage not just women, but any young person who may be interested in science that mm-hmm. don't have that opportunity to explore that. Right, or don't even know where to start exactly. or what right. what you can do as potentially as a scientist. Right, um, exactly. Because a lot of people, I would say too, is a misconception that as a scientist, there's only like working in the lab. Like right. you then, can be in yeah. academia, you can be a professor, you know, there's... Right. A lot you of can, avenues, yes. and science is really important, so <laughs> we need great minds in this field. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and I have to dive into this topic because that is uh, kind of the core of this, this show, this podcast, is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So you have this amazing idea that you want to do this, you know, an all-inclusive mentorship program geared towards inspiring people to get within the science field, Mm -hmm. more specifically letting women know it's like all different faces, colors, genders. I have to imagine that taking that leap and going for it and starting the process must have been, I mean, you have to be vulnerable in that space because it doesn't exist. You want it to exist. So... How how did you come to that point where you're like, man, this is a huge issue. I should do something. I'm actually gonna do something. Yeah, and then and honestly, that all happened very organically. Like, okay. this is a conversation that my girlfriends and I have all the time mm-hmm. at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually one day that my girlfriend and I were standing in the hall talking and talking about some comments that male faculty uh, member had made mm-hmm. towards me and just basically you know venting about it and mm-hmm. and also knowing there's not really much you can do right. um and one of our friends walked up who's a male and he just joined into our conversation mm-hmm. um and he was just like mind blown had no idea that we go through this stuff yeah. and was just in complete shock which wow. was really an eye-opener wow. for me and my friend like oh man like like you know we 
as women, we know that this is a thing. I mean, this is something that happens across all fields. You are mm-hmm. always around men yep. who make inappropriate comments. Yes. <laughs> all the time. Yes. <laughs> all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and he was just shocked and appalled that that's yeah. something that we have to go through. So that right. kind of started the thought process of like, okay, maybe we should do something. Yeah. And then I was talking with another group of women, mm-hmm. um, and there was actually a faculty member involved, and she was really the one that kind of pushed for us to do this and to make it happen. Because mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. we talk about it all the time and you talk and talk and talk and talk, but you're right. Taking that extra step mm-hmm. and doing something about mm-hmm. it is so different than just talking about right. it. And so without her to actually kind of push us and to organize us, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she set up like the first few meetings. Oh, she great. threw out ideas for us. Um, and honestly, to this day, I still go to her all the time if I am stuck and need advice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we're planning an event and we're thinking about doing this. Like, what are your thoughts? Is this mm-hmm. a good idea? Do you think there's a need for this? What should we do mm-hmm. now? Um, and she's been very, very helpful with that. So honestly, without her, it probably might not have even become something. It would have just been the talking about it because you're wow. right. You have to put yourself out there to take that step and to do something and then to also think, okay, well, maybe this will fail. Maybe nobody mm-hmm. would be interested. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe no one's going to show up to my meetings, you know. So that yeah. side of the vulnerability, yeah, that's – and with all the other stressors that we have going on in graduate school, it's kind of like, yeah. maybe we won't Yeah, no, you're, you're working um, and you're getting your Ph.D. and now you're volunteering this whole mentorship program, essentially. Right. So it was very helpful to kind of help – like ease our mind and mm-hmm. like also like decrease the vulnerability that we we're going to feel towards starting this mm-hmm. by having her support mm-hmm. and guiding us through it. What is her name? I want to give her a shout out. Okay. Her name is Teresa Evans. She Teresa, you sound like an amazing, <laughs> amazing woman. Thank you. Thank you for all yeah. that you do. Yeah. I think we need to yeah. do a shout out oh, to yeah. her. Definitely. That, Wow. Um, And Teresa, just so you know, um, and you know, Melody, the reason why I even started this podcast is because you told me this story about wisdom and I, I didn't know you do so many amazing things. I mean, you're a scientist and you're getting your PhD, (laughs) like, which is just so, I mean, especially uh, as a female, like leader, like I'm so in awe of you and, um, yeah, you inspired me to even start wanting Thank to interview you. people about this. Thanks. Yeah, because I thought everyone needs to know about this program. <laughs> My gosh. And so, like, on your Instagram account, which yes. is, is it just at wisdom? <laughs> you should know. Okay, I believe it's at wisdom. It is, it's, 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 I believe it's just at wisdom or it's at, it's wisdom Utesca. Okay. Which is the acronym for our very long name of our university. Um. Oh, right, right, right. So if you search just wisdom and it doesn't pop up, then it should be Wisdom Utesca. We're actually in the process, we have a meeting this Thursday and we're going to have elections to have a historian who will be taking over our social media and giving us an actual social media presence because... You're not very good at that right now. <laughs> we really need, we really need to do that and to get yeah. our message out there. So. Yeah. Well, the few photos that are up, <laughs> yeah, there are there are showcase that you know little girls coming up with you know students showing them you know science experiments. And I don't know yeah. if any of you have daughters or little yeah. sisters or anything. It's just because it is typically when I envision scientists, I do think of men. I totally think of, right. You know. 
But I love, love, love that it's really inspiring even just our youth. It's not just yes. our, you know, our peers as adults. It's, it's children coming up too. Yeah, definitely. Because you have to be exposed to it at a young age to know that it exists. Right. Like, right. And it's not just the exposure at a young age. It needs to continue throughout. Because mm-hmm. I was exposed to science at a young age mm-hmm. uh, through a program at Cal State Long Beach called Kaleidoscope, mm-hmm. which I don't know if they still do kaleidoscope but they still do the powwow and usually those two go together Mm -hmm. um and so when i was in second grade i went and i loved it and i wanted to do something for the science fair project and Mm -hmm. so my mom had me call a professor at the university and ask for petri dishes so i could grow bacteria in the petri dishes and i was super nervous because she made me call um but yeah but he was like really nice and gave me petri dishes so i could do my science experiment yeah but then the like the support for being a woman interested in science kind of dropped off after that there wasn't Mm. really anything else like I took science classes in high school of course and I always enjoyed them but there was nothing that was really like made me think I could do this as a career I didn't even know what career options Mm -hmm. were for getting into Mm. science um so it took me a while to kind of get on this path and Mm -hmm. and figure this out Mm -hmm. so it's also important I feel like not only at a young age but also in high school and in college to still be talking to young people about what opportunities are out there mm-hmm. and really finding out what their interests are. Mm-hmm. And as you're getting your PhD in neuroscience, can you, because I think what you do is fascinating. Thanks. So you work a lot with, you know, like antidepressants and mm-hmm. depression, which affects many people all over the world. And so the mm-hmm. work you're doing is hopefully bettering it and coming up with, you know, medications or some sort of therapies to like, right, you know, help battle and combat that. Mm -hmm. So again, science, like it's just, (laughs) you're bettering the world. My gosh. Um, and I do, I do want to talk a little bit about too. So you're not a Texas native, you're a California, Southern California native. And so for you to even continue to pursue this career, you essentially dropped everything and moved, you know, to Texas from mm-hmm. sunny California to yeah. an area where, I, I mean, it's, I'm here with you in Texas. It's lovely and I love San Antonio, but it is, it's quite different it than, you know, Surf City, USA, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about what that was like in terms of applying to different, you know, PhD programs and what that went through, because again, I have I want to reference back to vulnerability. You really are putting everything out there oh, yeah. and saying, look, this is what I want to do. I want to study neuroscience, continue my education. These are the best universities. And I am going to go out essentially on my own, make the sacrifices and continue. And that's so scary. And you yep. really are putting yourself out there to... Oh, yeah unknown elements are you going to make friends are you going to like it here is the weather going to be okay are you going to get too homesick so can you talk a little bit about that process in terms of you know discovering your new home here in texas yeah so when i applied to phd programs Mm -hmm. i did not want to limit myself geographically right um because i wanted to end up in the place that was the best fit for me Mm -hmm. which is huge Mm -hmm. graduate school is very grueling and challenging and stressful Mm -hmm. and 
no matter how much somebody tells you that, Mm -hmm. you don't fully believe it until you go through it. And I feel like you can't even emphasize enough how difficult it is until you're in it. Right. Um, And so I knew that finding a place that was the best fit for me was very important. Mm -hmm. So I uh, looked around the country and applied to schools based on who was doing what research there. Mm. So it doesn't, the program does matter, but... For me and for the field that I'm in, what really matters too is the research that's happening there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I made sure that I applied to only places that were doing research that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed at four, kind of four places. Um, so I interviewed here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I interviewed at uh, University of Nebraska in Lincoln. I had a Skype interview with University of Mississippi because on my way there, my flight got canceled and I got stuck in Dallas for 24 oh, hours. My gosh. <laughs> Um, and I also had a phone interview at University of Texas, El Paso. Oh. I only applied to one school in California, which was UC San Diego, which is a top-notch neuroscience program. So I knew my chances of getting in were mm. slim to none. I did not get in. I see. Um, but I pretty much knew when I was applying that I was going to be leaving mm-hmm. California mm-hmm. and going someplace else. So. Mm-hmm. The interview process, um, they actually do a really good job with the interview process. They bring you out for an entire weekend. You interview with faculty, but they also want to make sure that it's a good fit for you. Right. So basically when you get an interview, they already know that they like you and that they want you. They just kind Mm -hmm. of want to make sure that like you are who you say you are on paper. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And they also, Mm -hmm. they wine and dine you. They also want to be like, look how amazing our program is. You will love it here. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, And I got the best, I honestly got a great feeling for um every school that I had applied to so it was a really difficult decision Mm -hmm. but I also was thinking in terms of what city could I live in Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and out of those four places San Antonio was the best and honestly reminds me most of Southern California Mm -hmm. because of the culture here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and also thinking of my boyfriend who was moving with me it wasn't just a a decision that I was making for myself it was a decision that I was making for both of us so I had to take him into consideration too and where he could also be the most successful with getting a job. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And San Antonio was the best, seemed to be the best place for that. Did you receive any backlash for making these grand decisions? I'm sure you got a lot of support and people supporting you along the way, but I think a lot of people don't realize how scary it is to just up and leave everything. And you get positive and negative from everyone, right? Like, yes. Honestly, it felt like... I didn't start getting the negative until after the decision oh, okay. was made. And now there's a lot of pressure from my family and from my boyfriend's family to hurry up and finish school and move back home. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so in the beginning, every I mean, and they're still being supportive. Like, don't Obviously, get me wrong. Right. Uh, because they know that they this is... you and... Yeah. Right. And that this is a big deal and this is a huge step for my career. And they're all very proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um so everybody was very supportive mm-hmm. in me moving out here. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing now is that they all want me to come home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, now the pressure is the pressure's on to finish and get done and move back. Wow, that that sounds great. So not only do you have pressure of working and getting your PhD, <laughs> right. it's the timeline. Mm-hmm. Let's speed it up. So. Mm-hmm. No, wow, no stress there. Yeah, that's, no. But that, like, <laughs> but honestly, that is, like, such a minor stressor compared to, like, all the other stressors of just being in a PhD yeah. program. And I know that it's all coming from a place of love, right? Right, oh, of and course. And it's because yeah. they miss me and my boyfriend, they want us back home. But. Yeah. So what do you do when you receive, because there's a lot of pressure in this program, so 
What do you do in terms of like self-care just to get, because honestly, from an outside perspective, looking at you, you're a rock star, you got it all Thanks. together, you, you were just published, like it's a big yeah. deal, like <laughs> you, you have it, like you are on track, right? But I don't think people necessarily realize like your track seemingly like streamlined and no stress it's stressful oh yeah <laughs> and you have to do things to maintain your own sanity so definitely. can you talk a little bit about that yeah about oh definitely self-care is huge um and that's actually one reason why I like the program that I'm in mm -hmm. now is that there is a woman there another shout out Dr. Nikkei Blake she is absolutely amazing we consider her a fairy godmother she goes above and beyond for all of the students one of my friends um, is a single mom and has a son and during um the exams during our core course dr blake would babysit her son so she could take the exams wow. so i feel very very lucky to be in an institution that actually cares about the students and their mental health um there is wow. a counseling center on campus that has free therapy so that is part of my self-help is that I go to therapy once a week. Um, and they just do so much for the students. There's mm -hmm. movie nights for us for self-care. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to go to the gym, but again, balancing schedules, very mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. So that's usually part of my self-care routine. Honestly, even having a dog now forces me to take self-care um, because mm -hmm. when I take him for walks, I have to be present with him. I mm -hmm. can't mm -hmm. be thinking about all the hundred other things that I need to do. So mm -hmm. it's basically forced mindfulness yeah. when I take him for walks, yeah. Um, yeah. which is fantastic. I love mindfulness. That's yeah. very, very helpful for my self-care too. So yeah. um, just being able to be outside and take breaks when I know I need to take a break, yeah. go for a walk around campus. Mm -hmm. um, also, I try at least one evening a week my boyfriend and I will spend time together. We will eat eat dinner, mm -hmm. watch a show, mm -hmm. something even as minor as watching an hour of mindless TV. I consider self-care for myself yeah. because there's a lot of times I don't even have a chance to do that. Yeah. But yeah, that is a very, very important component. Yeah. And I, I want to touch on one thing in terms of, so when you're working in lab, you work really long hours. And I know in my experience working in you know, very, I, my background is advertising, so very demanding fields, but you know when you need to take a break. Yes. And I find that a lot of women, and this is just what I've perceived, um, mm -hmm. this isn't, I've seen it a lot, but mm -hmm. they tend to, you know, feel guilty oh, about yeah. taking time out for themselves because they just want to get the work done and be present. But to be able to say, no, I need 15 minutes. I know there's a thousand things to do. I'm going to get up and go do a lap because I'll come back mentally more clear, Definitely. more like level-headed, better disposition. Definitely. I know I do that. Yes. I, I definitely am like, okay, I have 10 minutes before the next meeting. I'm going to go outside and mm -hmm. enjoy the sun for mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. So I'm really happy to hear that you take that upon yourself too. Cause a lot of people, men and women, oh, you yeah. know, it's just the go, go, go environment right. we're in and the, in, pressure, of it, and the right. pressure, right. But you have to take care of yourself. Yes. Cause it'll catch up with you right? <laughs> one day. And I'm lucky to be in a lab that is very supportive of each other. Yeah. So you can, I can tell anybody in lab, I'm taking mm. a break. I'm going for a walk. I'll be back. And okay. No questions asked. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're very understanding of that. 
Plus, we're able to talk to each other and vent to each other, and mm-hmm. it's a really good environment. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for women or men who are interested in potentially not just entering the science field, but they work in an environment where they see a lack of something, whether it's, you know, um, a female presence and they want to put together a mentorship program and draw in women speakers, mm-hmm. like what you do, and mm-hmm. um, they just don't know where to start, or they see, you know, there's so many things we could better in the world, but if you see something that is lacking, something you feel passionate shouldn't lack it, how do you, where would you, where would you say they should start? Honestly, start by talking to somebody else because you probably aren't the only person right. that realizes that is lacking. Yeah. And when you have support from your peers, mm-hmm. it's so much easier mm-hmm. to take action and do something about it mm-hmm. than if it's just you by yourself trying to battle mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you work in a very small work environment and there's not a lot of peer support, mm-hmm. you can look outside that. There's mm-hmm. other people in the same industry that you're in mm-hmm. working for other companies that mm-hmm. could see the same need. Right, absolutely. And that that can even transfer to schools. So oh, schools yeah. are lacking anything. anything, even if it's like self-care, mm-hmm. even if it's like education, you know, in terms of allowing people to take, you know, 10 minutes like, meditation like is that something we could start integrating or do oh yeah and and we did that our student counseling center Mm -hmm. realized that that was a big need so we have a meditation room we have massage chairs what yeah do you see what can happen if you have a great idea i know i mean it's all about just presenting the facts right you take care of yourself your the output of your work is going to be so much better Mm -hmm. because the more stress you have the more it clouds your mind and you right. can't be productive or effective. Right. So, um, well, Melody, I have to say it has been a true pleasure speaking with you today. Thank, Thank you. you so much for yeah. being on the show. This has been awesome. You're welcome. And again, you're rocking it. I am Thanks. so excited about all the work you're doing and I... I don't know. I'm in awe of you. So thank you again thank you. for being on the show. And thank of you course. so much for joining us today. Oh, thank, thank you. you.